Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of No Place Like Mahomes. I am Sean Deegan, and we are still happy here on the podcast as the Kansas City Chiefs continue their run through the playoffs. Lots of fun things to get to. Let's not delay at all. Let's go ahead and introduce the guys. Like Travis Kelsey, he also thinks it's crazy the Bills got there. Jacob Allen is with us. What's going on, man? Yeah, you're right. I am Travis Kelsey. I agree. Thank you for the compliment. He's been watching DK Metcalf highlights all week for no particular reason. Sam Blackett is back. What's going on, man? What else do you do in your free time? I am Sean Deegan, and I want Jason Kelsey to be the NFL logo when he retires. Just before we dive into topics, is that not the greatest shot of any like fan moment, celebrity or otherwise, in NFL history? It's fantastic. The only thing I could think of, though, was how much would everyone hate him if he was not who he is? If he was just Travis Kelsey's brother, not oh, the Jason, like, <laughs> he, would be, he would be in, in the realm of Jackson and Brittany Mahomes, I feel like. They would all hate him because he supported his brother and was so excited. Yeah, yeah. no, 100%. Let's go ahead and get into our topics. Start a little bit broad, not too much as, you know, as we're, Winding down the actual season and cutting things to now four teams, you know, there's not a a ton of additional NFL news right now as NFL coaching interviews continue. There have been a couple of hirings that I'm sure we'll dive into a little bit more in the offseason. They aren't the biggest thing going right now for Chiefs fans, though, so we'll, we'll keep it as close to local as we can here going forward, barring something big happening. But do you want to start with the team? on the other sideline from the Chiefs game against the Bills, and specifically how the Bills are going to have to navigate building their team and continuing to help Josh Allen going forward. Because he played a really good game. There's a lot of you know things that go around about, like, well, a lot of his passes are behind, the line of, behind or close to the line of scrimmage, or just a lot of, ex- of, of exterior stuff that says, like, well, maybe it wasn't as good as it was. I still think he played a terrific game. I thought Josh Allen was every bit the alien that we were afraid of. And that alien is now going to cost, according to OverTheCap.com, close to $47 million against the cap. And then that will be for 2024. His number goes up to a little bit north of $47 million. That's a lot of money, especially when you've got guys like Vaughn Miller, who you can't really cut next year. Guys like Stephon Diggs, who... The last two years has really slowed down at the back at the back third of the season and into the playoffs. And his contract is something that you could cut. You eat a little dead cap, but he's still more expensive to cut than keep. It's, it's not ideal. There are pieces on this team that are going to be very expensive that are declining assets that are going to cost a lot of money. It's kind of the same thing we talked about with the Chiefs. And going into this, into this season, it was, seemed like that they were going to have to deal with it. And it hasn't always been pretty. And so I am curious, is he good enough to you guys to carry that team, knowing that they're they're probably going to have to shed some contracts just to get under the cap this coming season, but especially knowing they're going to have to carry some contracts that may otherwise not just because of how their contracts are structured, like I said, with Diggs and Miller being more expensive to cut than keep. Is Josh Allen good enough? to make a Super Bowl run. I think he's talented enough 
this kind of goes back to our like uh, more so with like Justin Herbert. Is he a top five quarterback in the NFL? We had this conversation last offseason. And we talk about, well, yeah, top five talent, but is he a good enough quarterback? Josh Allen has shown some elite moments, but he's also turned the ball over a lot this season. Is he the kind of guy that can get this team over the hump and to a Super Bowl, even in a league that Mahomes plays in, that actually exists in? Is he the guy that can do that, or is he going to be you know, closer to a Phillip Rivers? guy who's going to put up numbers, who's always going to push his team into the playoffs and might win you a game or two and then come up short. Where do you think he lands knowing now that his contract is going to be taking up a good chunk of cap? I think it's 20% of the total cap this coming season. Jacob, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of another run, and people had talked about that of, hey, if not if now – not now, when, because this team's kind of sold out for trying to make their run to the Super Bowl and was part of my reaction to the game of when Bass does a field goal, was like, just kind of feel bad for Bills fans that that was probably it, at least for this iteration of Bills. You're looking at a decent rebuild with the age of your stars are starting to become and the amount of money you have tied up. Cause like you said, you know, Von Miller's a lot of money and that was a get a Super Bowl at any cost type deal. So, I mean, I could see it being another like two years before, you know, the bills are back and they could be spiraling into kind of a, the charger situation of the preseason MVPs for the moment. And then the actual games start to get played. And that roster is just too, you know, too thin top to bottom for it to really work out. Cause that'd be my fear for them. It's, it's one to keep an eye on because it's not like they were barn burners this regular season and they got hot at the right time. Sam, what about you? Where are you at with Josh Allen? Cause like, I, like I said, top, maybe you could argue top two talent in the NFL, but is he a good enough quarterback knowing that this team has a lot of players that are going to be, on the decline, and still very expensive. I actually just pulled up their number. Dawson Knox costs $14 million against the cap. And it's more that. expensive to cut than keep. Like, this is a team that is not built to, like, continue to add right now. I saw that, and my first thought was, why did they give him that much money? Yeah. So, Sam, where are you at with it? Is, is Josh Allen the kind of quarterback that can carry that team in spite of his contract now becoming the forefront. He is. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He is more than talented enough to be able to drive a team, as we've seen what Pat has done these past two years with limited offensive weapons or, or guys that, I mean, we you trade, you're one of the best receivers in the game, and everyone immediately is just like, oh, you're crap, and you win a Super Bowl. I think Josh Allen has all of the talent necessary to be able to do that. The issue is two things. Number one, they keep winning enough that they are not going to be able to get a new head coach. They that is, they need somebody that is going to give the offensive spark that like Andy Reid does for Patrick Mahomes, like they have, or an offensive coordinator, somebody that has to be able to get that that over the hump because again it. He is such an unbelievable talent 
that he can do things by himself, but no one else is really giving him any help. Like, and that's the problem is their offense runs directly through him. And when he is stopped in any way, there's no answer. And we've seen how that works with Pat. Like this year when Pat got stopped and Andy had not figured out a way to run the offense through Pacheco or anything else, we floundered and we were terrible. The other issue is the same thing. And, and I think Phillip Rivers is a, not only like, again, they're all the stats were coming up that they are like identical in their career to this point. Um, as far as how they play, like their record, their yards, everything is just identical. But the, the th- same thing Philip Rivers had to deal with, Josh Allen has to deal with, which is not only it, just in the NFL, in the same division, he's got Patrick Mahomes, he's got Joe Burrow, he's got Lamar Jackson, now he's got C.J. Stroud. All these quarterbacks he has to go through to make the Super Bowl. That's not even t- t- talking about anybody on the other side. And Philip Rivers had to do the same thing. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Big Ben. And so, like, yes, it is. he is an incredible talent, but he has so many hurdles in front of him that he can't – I don't think he can do it by himself just because it's like he, – he will, he will have to have some Herculean effort of a season to do it by himself. And he's, I think he's capable of doing it, which is a scary thing. <laughs> This is also going to be my answer, Sam, in that I think he is absolutely good enough to be that kind of a quarterback where he can carry a team. They don't have to win with him. They can win because of him. It's just that you you ran into, unfortunately, a league where you might be the second best player in the NFL. And and even, even if that gap is small enough, to where you might overcome it in in any particular in any specific year, just any random year, you might get past Mahomes because you had a better day than him. To your point, Sam, like the coaching difference is drastic. I think, and I like McDermott. I think he's a good coach, but Andy Reid's not going for it on a fake punt in your own territory there and getting stopped by ten men. Yeah, and and can't stop by ten guys on the field. It's it's things like that where it's and that's a, a glaring example, right? It's not it's and it's a recent example, so it stands out in our minds. But even just the gap between those two in general, it's a wide gap. I feel bad for Josh Allen because he seems like the kind of guy, not just a, the kind of player you want, but he also seems like the kind of guy that you want leading your team. And so you do feel bad for the guy. And you feel bad for Bill's Mafia. Like, they finally get a home game against Patrick Mahomes and still find a way to, to come up short. So I, I absolutely think he is every bit good enough and talented enough to carry a team. I unfortunately think that, like you said, Sam, like you said really eloquently, like the, just the number of hurdles in front of him are... Well, before we dive in, I want to get an almost literal pulse check on you guys because before coming into this, into the playoffs, I think we all were on the, it's probably one and done, enjoy being here, the fact that they won the AFC West is a big thing, and then they get the W, right, and they go to the AFC divisional round and playing the Bills, and I told anybody who asked me, like, hey, how are you feeling about the game? I'm like, not great. 
Like, I think it's going to be a tough road, and I think it's about as good a situation as you could hope for with how the Bills' defense was, but I was planning on going in and just enjoying it, right? I was going to be like, hey, we're here. I don't have any expectations. It's all fine. And then I'm sure you guys could tell by the second quarter, the quality of my text messages changed from, we're watching the game to Sean's stressed and not handling things well. And you can corroborate that with a handful of people, uh, our buddy Hunter included in that. I want to know if you guys were actually able to enjoy this game. If you were able to maintain the idea of like, well, we didn't think we are going to be here, so it's just fun to be here. Or did you dip into fandom mode and have, you know, in a traditional Chiefs fashion, have your heart rate rise, your pulse elevate? Where were you guys at? Were you able to enjoy this game, or were you every bit as nerve-wracked as I was? Sam, we'll start with you. As I kind of stated, I think a couple games before the end of the regular season, I'd I, not forgone this season, but I've accepted that, you know, we are what we are. And I guess I'm happy that they're proving me wrong to this point. Like, I can't, I can't be anything other than ecstatic that we're going to the divisional championship. Because, I again, I didn't think that was what this team was. Um so there, there is an extent where I'm going into every game. I'm just like, all right, this is this is fun. The fandom always takes over. Like it never, ne- never doesn't. And uh, yeah, they they did everything they could to uh, to ruin the fun by uh, bringing a guy named Cole Harbin back onto the team. But uh, no, it's it, it was. I don't know. It, it this has been a weird year because. Yes, the fandom and the nerves are there. Like when that kick goes up, like your, my brain is, or when they're going out to kick the field goal, is like, oh, my brain is thinking, are we good enough to drive the full length of the field to get a touchdown or a field goal? Like, obviously, fortunately, didn't have to deal with that. But like, yeah, it, it always play comes back into play, but it's much more muted than it has been in past years. And I think that's just been from the what the expectation level kind of got to this year, where it was just like. Okay, let's uh, see how they cannot mess this up this time. <laughs> I almost wonder if I do worse when I'm on my own. Because, good lord. The answer is yes, Sean. Kyle, <laughs> when left Kylo, the room devices, you are always worse. <laughs> Kylo left the room. Like, he was like, I'm done with this. I'm going to bed. Kylo, for those who don't know, is my dog. I am... I always go in with with good intentions of like, oh, this is going to be fine. It's, hey, I'm, I'm really pumped to be here. This is good. But I can even tell, like, leading up to the game, about 15 minutes out, I switched over uh, and, and got and got everything pulled up, was ready to go. And even then, I could feel just like, ooh, I might care about this more than I think. And like I said, you guys saw the text messages I sent, which would might get us taken down. Uh, if they were ever uttered out loud, uh, even if I put an explicit tag on the episode. Uh, same thing with uh, Hunter and another, uh, another buddy from our fantasy football league, Josh Panay, that you guys uh, both know. And uh, our other buddy, Sam Kendrick, friend of the show. All of them could probably tell I was not okay. It was... I was fine right up until I wasn't, when I realized, oh, they have a real chance. Like, the offense is clicking. 
even if the, when the defense was getting run on, I was kind of like, okay, well, this they might have done everything they can, and this might just be too much to ask. And then the offense started clicking. And I just, at that point, I'm like, oh, we've got a shot, and now I can't relax. So it was a, it was a rough go. We uh, tried some home remedies to relax. I think they just made it worse. It was just too invested. Thank God they pulled it out because there was definitely a lot of a lot of tension that I, I, I would have had to just run out into the cold night to release rather than stay inside. Uh, Jacob, what about you? Were you able to relax and enjoy the game knowing that the expectation coming into the playoffs was one and done? Or did you end up white-knuckling it a bit there towards the end? I was opposite of you. It sounds like you had no expectations whatsoever. Then they got you excited, and then you nearly needed new pants. But I had no expectations in a different way. I was like, I feel good. I felt like I said last week where I think all the pressure's on the Bills, and even as a Chiefs fan, that's how I felt. I was like, all the pressure's on the Bills fans. You know, I'm just showing up here today to have fun. I'm just going to play loose. I'm going to cheer at my TV loosely. And, you know, that'll make me a better cheerer of this team is just playing loose and not thinking about it. And then McCall Hardman got that second carry near the end zone. And my Chiefs fandom came in and I just absolutely lost it. And I was like, that's when it switched a gear for me where I became like you, Sean, of like, okay, they were going to win this game and I actually thought they would. And then I was going to be super pissed that they just blew a chance to go to the AFC championship game. I was just like, are you kidding me? The only other time I had that mega emotion was when the Bills kicker missed it. I was like, I feel so bad for Bills fans with the history of them and kickers and the playoffs. I was just like, I can't imagine. This wasn't how it was supposed to happen. Mahomes was supposed to tear your heart out after he drove the entire field in true Peyton Manning fashion would do to us in our previous history. The good news is, as as my mom texted me, because she did text me and ask, are you okay? And I said, no, my heart rate's a thousand right now. And she said, the fact that it's still beating is a good thing. So to reiterate, the fact that all of our hearts are still beating is a good thing. Let's get into some of the specifics of the game, starting on the offensive side of the ball. Guys, that was about as clean an offensive performance minus one player who we might as well just... We could say he who must not be named at this point if we really want to, just to avoid stirring some things up during the playoffs, but we all know who we're talking about. Uh, Fumbling a ball through the end zone. Outside of that, I thought it was about as clean an offensive performance as we've seen from the Chiefs this season. How much of that do you think is is the Chiefs' ability to start putting things together, put up 27 points on what I imagine was a favorite for a lot of people coming in, and how much of it is the fact that Bill's defense is really banged up? Like They don't have Matt Milano in the middle of their defense. Kyrie Elam's getting a lot of snaps throughout the year just because of the injuries that they've had to their secondary They've they brought Von Miller back here in time for the playoffs, but even he was coming off of being banged up and suspended and all kinds of fun or not suspended, being banged up, decided not to get suspended. Um, how much of the the defensive 
health problems do you think contributed? How much of it is the Chiefs offense? Jacob, we'll start with you. Even when the Bills have had top-ranked defenses, it seemed like the Chiefs have kind of had their number and never had any issues with going crazy on them other than the one, whatever that weird year was where the Chiefs-Bills game had that rain delay where the Chiefs just got smacked by them. Matt Milano being out, big factor. That dude is the one that kind of, you know, is pretty good at reading Mahomes and tracking him and stopping some of the crazy things Mahomes does. Like, And you mentioned Mon Miller. He gave them fits. I mean, he was beating Donovan Smith all night. It was just a matter of, you know, Mahomes adjusting or it, the play being just out of reach of him. But I do think they found a rhythm and realized, hey, um, we probably shouldn't go to Sky Moore. We probably shouldn't go to Kadarius Tony. Eventually, they're going to realize don't go to McCole Hardman. Like, even two carries is too many carries for him, apparently. But I think they found their identity with the pound of the rock with Pacheco. Rice is your top receiver. Kelsey, at this point, is going to have less attention on him because of Rice. I think that's what they're rolling with, and if that's what carries them, perfect. Sam, what about you? Knowing how banged up the Bills were, how do you feel about how the offense performed against the Bills? I mean, any time a team is not at 100%, it, it plays a factor. Um, I, I will admit, as, as much as I like to say that how high I was on DK, I couldn't have been more wrong about Kyler Elam because he was the one I wanted, um, and I'm so glad they took, took the right one. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's the Bills don't know how to stop Travis Kelsey. That has been this the one st- stable aspect about an offense, the Chiefs' offense against the Bills. Travis Kelsey's going to have a game. Um, it's looked different in different years. Uh, I think last, I didn't go through all the games last year. Uh, regular season game, 108 yards um, earlier this season. I think he had just under or just under rice with like 83 or something. And then this week, obviously the two touchdowns, they, they don't have an answer for him. Matt Milano would have helped that a lot. Obviously um, he is just a very good linebacker, but that is one thing that I, I always feel comfortable going against the bills is Travis seems to have very good games, even though this year has not obviously been his best year in the world, but yeah, it, it was, it's nice to see the past two weeks um, kind of the, right at the end of the season and then going into the, these two playoff games, using the weapons that you have instead of trying to manufacture stuff for players that don't have it. Um, I feel like Andy Reid, you could very easily make a ma- meme of the, I don't know how to quit you with several different players on this offense and it would fit perfectly. And McCole is one of those and he's still trying to figure that one out. Um, went back and traded for him. But, yeah, no, it, it's great to see. I think the offense is clicking because they're utilizing the talent we have. And um, they they came up against a banged-up defense and, and played well. Like, obviously, you of, of this year, you don't expect this to be the Chiefs team that's putting up 35, 40 points, whatever. But when we're seeing the efficiency that we saw um, and you, you the it, it, it was a good game overall. And so – Happy about it. 
I think that's that's what makes me most excited. You hit it out there right at the end is that, yes, it's a, a beat-up defense, and they don't have the guys who kind of would man that defense in the middle of a guy like Matt Milano, who's you know obviously wearing the green dot, getting people set up, and also is the guy flying around making plays. I think that's a massive loss. We've seen kind of how the Chiefs have had to operate both when Bolton and Drew Tranquil kind of had spurts being dinged up in a game, and Jack Conklin comes in, plays middle linebacker. It's a different thing. So having having said all of that, though, the Chiefs had the ball 14 minutes less than the Bills and still managed to put up 27 points. Like that efficiency that you mentioned, Sam, is what makes me really excited. They, and it wasn't, you know, somebody came out of left field, Sky Moore had a fluke game, or Kadarius Tony came out and was healthy and, and played like a first-round pick. It wasn't anything like that. They condensed it down. They knew who needed to have the ball, and they fed those guys. That was it. It was Travis Kelsey just devastating the Bills secondary. It was Rasheed Rice. You know, didn't have as many opportunities, partially just because they didn't have the ball nearly as much, and also like, Travis Kelsey's getting schemed wide open, standing in the end zone waiting for the ball to come to him. But he made every single one of them count. Four targets, four catches, 47 yards. Like Every time he's catching the ball, he's getting you a first down. That's massive. And then Isaiah Pacheco, like you said, like they, they know that, okay, we need to run the ball. We have to run the ball more than we would probably normally feel comfortable doing in an Andy Reid offense. I think those are the reasons why, even though the Bills are, are dinged up and it's something that will have to be factored, I am still excited about where this offense is going and how they performed here recently. And it seems like it's been more sustainable when they condensed it to focus on those three players. One of the things that did make a, an appearance back into the Chiefs offense is the deep ball. Uh, the big one is the one to uh, MVS down the sideline. That's obvious. I think the stat was, I think it was from Next Gen Stats. Let's see if I can go back and find it. Uh, but it was, I think, three of Mahomes' passes went for 80-plus yards. Like That's a big deal considering where they've been most of this season. Looks like the deep ball was back for the Chiefs' offense, which, again, you know, might be part of the run being successful and the intermediate passing game being successful. All that being said, how confident are you that that can continue? Because the two dudes that you're relying on primarily for a deep ball are Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Nicole Hartman. And I don't feel comfy with even saying that sentence. So how confident are you that the deep ball can remain a part of this offense knowing who the guys are that you would typically rely on for throwing the ball downfield. Um, Sam, we'll start with you. MVS is apparently the offensive version of Frank Clark. And honestly, I'm fine with it. <laughs> like, um, no, it's, it's not something you can just sit back and be completely comfortable with because obviously it has not been, not been super effective all year utilizing those guys. But at the end of the day, we, we've seen MVS have those games. And, like, again, MVS is done as a chief after this year. And if he's not, I'm losing hope in Beach slowly but surely on stuff like that. But he's there, and we know he, he has – he can be 
a reliable deep threat, and we saw it last year in the playoffs. Big reason why we won the Super Bowl, guys. <laughs> like MBS, as much as hatred as he's he's garnered this year, uh, we we probably don't win the Super Bowl last year without him. I guess I guess I'm at the point, and again, this has just been such a weird year where my expectations aren't real high, but I'm also not going to get like super crushed if we lose. And that's kind of the same way with MBS. It's like. When he makes plays, do I get excited? Yes. When he doesn't, am I surprised? No. Like, it's just – but there's not they, – they are far closer than when they were at the beginning of the year and he was messing up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's it's still not something you can hang your hat on and just be like, yeah, this is, this is the solution. But if they want to throw deep balls, that's the guy that they're doing it to. So you got to kind of accept it, I guess. Jacob, what about you? How confident are you that the deep ball can maintain as a part of the offense? And I actually did quote it correctly. It, it is three uh, three deep passes, all completed by Patrick Mahomes for 84 yards. That's from next-gen stats. How confident are you, Jacob, that that can continue? How solid are MVS's hands? That man is the only hope, apparently. We we ride MVS till the end. I heard that on the radio today too, and I'm surprised. It was a great comp to say that he that MVS is the offensive version of Frank Clark. I was like, that's spot on. That's perfect. I I don't know. I want to believe. We haven't seen Rice, you know, catch a ton of deep balls. We saw him down the sideline in that one game. But I still think you're going to see a lot of crossing routes from Rice and a lot of get the ball out to him quick. So I still think it's going to be him. It's MBS, and the odds say, who knows? Who knows? I never tried to predict Frank Clark in the playoffs. Not going to try to predict MBS in the playoffs either. Yeah, I use the word confident when phrasing the question, but because I think it is specific. It's like, what level of confidence are you? And right now, I think I'm a 50-50, man. Like, if... If Justin Watson comes out and has a great game as a deep threat, awesome. If Marquez Valdez-Scantling decides he wants to make more terrific tough catches down the sideline, that'd be fantastic. But if they don't, I'm not going to be surprised. I'll probably be frustrated in the moment, for sure, because it's me, and that's just kind of how I operate. But I won't be surprised. It just is what it is. I'm... Excited that they had that MVS had a really good game for what they asked him to do. I'm not going to be surprised if it's not a major part of the offense going forward. The good news is I'm not sure it needs to be for this team to be successful. I think it helps. I think if Isaiah Pacheco is going to be successful running the ball, it also helps them to hit a play-action fake deep. And, and make sure those safeties and linebackers don't feel like they can commit 100% to stacking the box. And vice versa. I think if you hit those deep deep shots, then you know, you got to make sure you count with the run and intermediate passing game. So I'm, I'm 50-50 on if it'll actually continue. I don't think it'll be 100% the way it was against the Bills, where he takes three shots downfield and nails all of them. But the fact that it actually occurred when they really needed it, it at least gives me hope that it can be a part of the offense. Maybe not to the extent it was, but can be a part. Last thing on the offense, and we'll flip to the defense. Other than Mahomes, 
who is the most important weapon the Chiefs have on the field right now, offensively? I think there's a knee-jerk reaction, and I think that there are some... I think, But I do think there's a, a debate to be had. We talked about the Chiefs condensing this offense into Pacheco, Kelsey, and Rice as kind of the three options, which I'm assuming kind of where people are going to stick. But I'm curious, who's the most important weapon that is not Patrick Mahomes on the field for the Chiefs? Sam, we'll start with you. I think it's pretty obvious that it's Isaiah Pacheco, um, at least in my eyes, because he, he kind of sets the tone for the game, or he has been recently, where he he is such a forceful runner that you can't just, like – it changes how the defense has to play. It's not like how we've had uh, your more, like, he's a bowling ball. He's a wrecking ball. And and unlike with, with your real finesse, more like one-cut guys um, and that rely more on speed, who he has plenty of it, defenses have to account for the fact that you're not going to tackle him with one guy usually. And that allows the offense, I mean, they can't focus on, now. now you've got three, Three legitimate weapons in Pacheco running the ball, Rasheed Rice, and Travis Kelsey. And if you're having to count on multiple people to stop the run, that means your safeties, your linebackers can't just immediately drop into coverage as they have in the past, and they can't play that super deep, which, again, this year isn't as as important for us. Um, we'll see how it goes after after this game. Um, I, I, I just think Pacheco is – is hands down the the second most important piece on this on what this iteration of the off, offense is. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. I that was actually I think the one that I think is a knee jerk reaction for, and, and maybe I'm not giving Chiefs Kingdom enough credit. Maybe it just seems like it's a knee jerk re- answer because it has been for so long. But it was always Travis Kelsey for the longest time, right? And with how much focus there's been on the wide receiving on the wide receiving core. I feel like even if it's not Kelsey, there's a there's another knee jerk to go. Well, Rasheed Rice finally stepped up as a number one wide receiver on this team. He's got to be that guy, so there's not as much pressure on Kelsey. And I I agree with you, Sam. I think it's Pacheco with a bullet. I think if he runs well, if he can run with the same efficiency that he did against the Bills, you know, 15 carries and 97 yards. Catches his only target for 14 yards. It is so hard to commit at that point to defending the pass because you're getting gouged constantly. And especially with how Pacheco runs, like any time we've talked about the run or we've even growing up, stop. You're being out physical. You're being quote unquote outmanned by the team across from us. So. I still think it's Pacheco because how he runs is so angry and so aggressive. To me, he is is the most important weapon because it allows everything else to open up. I, I can't say enough good things about how he's played of late. Jacob, what about you? Are you, who is your most important weapon that's not Patrick Mahomes for the offense? Yeah, Pacheco gives their offense an identity. I mean, Rice is a close second, and like you guys said before, it'd be easy, but Kelsey. Kelsey, 100%. I mean, I think 
we take Kelsey for granted at this point because we're just like, yeah, Kelsey's a given. That's he's there. But I do think for this season, Pacheco has been the most important of when he's been in there. They are clearly a better offense of, hey, if you don't respect him, he's going to run up and pop you in the mouth. And then he's going to run back to the huddle. Let's flip to the other side of the ball and talk about the defense. We're looking shaky there for a while, boys. It was uh, it was not fun to watch them get run over by James Cook and Josh Allen constantly through the first half of football. Was there anything in that first half that you saw that could be a concern going forward? Was there anything lingering that you go, ooh, that could be a real problem if that doesn't get shored up? Um, Jacob, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, it turns out uh, Derek Nadi is pretty important. <laughs> After us being up and down on him over the years, and rightfully so because he's had up and down play, that the D tackles did not have a good game. Uh, I, I mean, I'd also say Nick Bolton did not have a great first half either. So, like that was you know some of the largest contribution to why their run defense looks so bad. Romo, you know, just kept saying all night, like, yeah, this run defense has been bad all year. I was like, yeah, in comparison to their past defense has been incredible, so teams have to run the ball on them to try to control the clock. And and again, they're like, well, we're done trying to pass the ball on them. Their corners are too good. Let's just run it. But, yeah, I'm hoping – I'm hoping – the run defense is, I think it's different when you face the Ravens versus when you face the Bills. Because I just think Josh Allen's a different monster that they have to deal with. Sam, what about you? Was there anything that you saw from the defensive performance in the first half that you're worried might linger going to their matchup with the Ravens? No, because I think I think when we talked last week about what we were worried about, the, that was mine, was James Cook. Um, I think Jacob echoed it as well. Um, because we get you get so worried of the monster that is Josh Allen, you have it, it's it's very similar to what we just talked about with Isaiah Pacheco. When people get so worried about this bowling ball of a human being, they can't concentrate on other things. When the Chiefs get worried and and have to play, I won't say cautiously, but you you saw like even Chris Jones would just kind of stare Josh Allen down, like daring him, like he just wanted him to run. And it's like, I, it, so you, it, it's a completely different defense. And the, the advantage of going into next week, because Lamar, arguably even more of a dangerous runner, like very different kind, obviously, but, but more, Josh is going to run over you. Lamar's going to run around everybody. The advantage is they don't have James Cook. They've got a bunch of guys. They have a bunch of guys that are on their IR that are real good. And then who's left? So that's the that's the benefit is they don't have that secondary. But no, I, I wasn't honestly wasn't too surprised of it because again, that was what I was was worried about in the first place. Um and yeah, did Derek Naughty slightly forgot he was on the team at times. Um sorry, big fella, but you you haven't done a whole lot this year. Not not your fault. Um, but thanks for thanks for showing up when we need you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just the big thing. Is like, okay, how much of this is James Cook, and how much is this is a real problem? Like, if Derek Nottie comes back healthy, and we see that 
the Chiefs, even with Lamar Jackson being a threat, they kind of, you know, hunker down and are able to limit the damage with the run. And it's like, okay, well, it was just a perfect storm of a, an elite-level running quarterback and a guy who has looked like a top-tier running back this year between the 20s, and you were without your best defensive tackle against the run. Perfect storm. And Nick Bolton's playing with a cast. So it's like just a perfect series of events to lead to a bad day against the run. So I'm not super concerned that it can linger, provided that Derek Noddy gets healthy. Because I don't think they're... Without Keaton Mitchell, the Ravens don't really have a dynamic runner of the football in their running back room. You know, Gus Edwards and, and Justice Hill are both solid running backs. They're, they're guys I'd love to have on any 53. But neither one of them, like, evokes the same fear that James Cook does for me. So I'm, again, this kind of falls under one of those I'm watching, but I'm not super concerned. Although at this point, when you're in the playoffs, it's not exactly something that, like, you get to be concerned about. There is a problem or it isn't. So if you lose, it's over. So for me, I think it is something to watch is I'm, I'm, but I don't think I'm concerned about it at this point over to the positive side though, because this game started out with just, I think most of chief's kingdom going into full on panic mode. When you lose, you've already, you're already down Brian cook in your safety room. Then you lose Mike Edwards with a concussion and Willie Gay goes down. Then at one point, Trent McDuffie goes out. He was able to return. Thank God. But you're in a mass panic mode if you're talking about three starters going out. And lo and behold, another late round pick, or midday, or third day three pick, probably a better way to say that, in Shamari Connor, as the best example of the Chiefs' depth and the strength that it is, comes out and plays really good football. What did you guys think of his performance and just the depth of the Chiefs' defense in general? Because it, it looked kind of grim there for a minute, knowing who had all gone out. Sam, we'll start with you. Shamari Connor, how did you think of his performance? What did you think of his performance and, and the depth overall for the Chiefs defense? I mean, I'll start with the Chiefs defense. Like, the depth overall. You you can't say enough. Uh, than, whereas losing hope on the wide receiver side on Brett Beach you can't say enough about what he's done on the defense to draft, to sign players that have had, I mean, seem like garbage cheap guys that, that come in and, and make incredible uh, contributions, stealing players from in-conference rivals. So yeah, it's what he's done with the depth is, is pretty spectacular of just being able to find guys that fit Spag's system. Because that's the thing. There are, there are several guys like it's hard to tell how good Jamari Connor would be on another team if he was just playing like a, whatever defense, but he fits well in Spags. And the fact that he was, I mean, I've seen, again, you can say what everyone has their own kind of um, opinions on the PFF ratings. I, I don't agree with them most of good majority of the time, but they obviously have metrics that, that are poignant at times. And Jamari Connor was the highest rated defender this week. Um, says a lot of his performance uh, being being a late round guy. So he he's it, it's not a guy I as, as though I'm fine with him being there. I really hope our guys are back. Um, you're 
you hope that Mike Edwards minimum is back, but you're, you feel comfortable with it. And that's the crazy thing is um, when most teams lose, we, we talked about the, the bills, how their de- defense is depleted. Most teams, when they start losing starters, you start to get to the guys that just can't play as well in the NFL. The chiefs just keep bringing guys in. And it's like, not necessarily saying that there's not a drop off, but it's not a noticeable drop off of talent. And that's just, that it's, what is the kind of defense that can carry a somewhat struggling offense to a long playoff run, as we've seen. Jacob, what about you? How did you feel about Shamar and Connor's performance and how the defense performed overall? I got to first say kudos to the, the defensive staff because early in the season, I was being texting like, Shamar and Connor, not looking very good. And this week I was like, Sorry, Connor. Um, I'm not sure they need to re-sign Snead because they just constantly find guys that have weird tool bags of skills that, like, we're going to move you all around because that's what we do with all of our players. So be ready to do that, my guy. And he did it great. Uh, so he's definitely one of the highlights of the draft. Yeah, fourth round pick. When you mentioned Snead, same round. Has a great, has a, a very good athletic profile. I won't say great, but a very good athletic profile when it comes out. I actually pulled it back up just to check because I was like, I remember him being like an athletic dude. And yeah, 45140, 1.56, 10 yard split, 40 and a half inch vertical jump, 10 and a half broad jump, 20 reps on a bench at six feet, 200 pounds. That's, that's a nice athlete to have in on day three you don't expect to have to rely on that guy though in the divisional round of the playoffs against the buffalo bills and josh allen and if you do you're not expecting him to be a major contributor and in the same vein of a joshua williams or a uh jalen jalen watson same thing, not to the same extent as a luxurious need, but the same idea of finding talent on day three, stepped up and performed. I think it says, I think it's something that Chiefs fans can kind of lay to rest about one of the aspects of Brett Veach as a general manager and a, and a talent evaluator is that he and his team, his scouts, know how to find defensive backs. And they know when those guys are going to be ready. They know that they, you know, I don't have to rely on this guy right now, but he can develop into a real dude. And I think Jamari Connor got thrust into a role that maybe they weren't planning on having him do, and he still performed. I think the fact that the Chiefs, you know, Willie Gay Jr. going out was very obvious because it was very clear he was supposed to be the spy on Josh Allen. It was clear the Chiefs were struggling to figure out how then to defend. But once they figured that out, it was, oh, we got it. And you look at guys like Drew Tranquil, who's still the sign of the century for Brett Beach. Nick Bolton kind of got things ironed out in the, the back half of the third and the, into the fourth quarter. But Jerry Steen, Trent McDuffie are still just ridiculous. And I thought Justin Reed played a really good game. I thought he made the middle of a field not a fun place to be. For the Bills receivers, like he made you pay coming over the middle, which is something that like 
I had I don't remember getting to see him get a chance to do a lot. Like a lot of the times, like he was you know, playing deep, he had to play on a tight end. He's do, he's doing other things because he can, which is good. But one of the things that I remember liking on tape was he was such a physical guy over the middle, and getting to see him make it uncomfortable for the Bills to receivers over the middle was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. So overall, like just watching everybody step up into their roles. I, I'm so impressed with how the Chiefs have built this defense. Hopefully everybody can get healthy. Mike Edwards can get healthy. Derek Nye can get healthy and everybody can take the week to get right. But I feel better knowing that guys like Shamari Connor are there to back them up if, if they can't go. On the point though of getting healthy, like I said, Willie Gay Jr. was very clearly supposed to be the spy on Josh Allen. And when he went out, Josh Allen kind of did what he wanted. And that is a hard ask of anyone who is not, you know, an elite-level athlete the way Willie Gay Jr. is. How important is getting him back to defending a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is a different kind of elite-level athlete, but another just ridiculous athlete who, when he decides to go and run with the football, is just a nightmare to bring down. How important is it for the Chiefs to be able to get Willie Gay Jr. back for this one? Jacob, we'll start with you. Of highest importance, of the injuries they have, he's the one I think they have to have back because they don't have a safety to drop down. Traditionally, you could probably be like, all right, you know what, Mike Edwards or... Justin Reed, we're just going to move you down into the box and you're going to be Lamar Jackson's shadow since we don't have Willie Gay. You don't have that option because Ryan Cook ain't coming back. So your two safeties have got to stay back as much as the safeties stay back and guys rotate. They obviously rotate all of their positions, but I mean, Willie Gay would be real important. And it, it hurt in that game because, like you said, it was, you know, Josh Allen was trouble and. You know, runs to the outside, gets stopped by Willie Gala because he beats guys to spots that the other linebackers can't do as good as they are at other things. So he that one hurt. That one hurt, and they really need him back. And according to him, he'll be back. So fingers crossed that him back is him. Sam, what about you? How important is it to have Willie Gay Jr. back if you're going to be able to defend a guy like Lamar Jackson? Yeah, uh, Jacob said said it all pretty well. Um, he is a massively important piece because he is the see ball get ball linebacker of this team. Like he's he's that guy that Spag can un- unleash when he needs. Just again, I just always go back to last Super Bowl, last Super Bowl when he's covering Devonta Smith, and Jalen Hurts was like. Wait, what? That that's a linebacker. Like, why is this a happening? That's what Willie Gay brings. Is he is just that kind of athletic freak, and you need athletic freaks when you're going against athletic freaks. So yeah, he's he's pretty important this week. Yeah, I can't add anything. Just do whatever you have to do to get the man healthy. All right, let's get to our thoughts on the Ravens, and then we'll get to our final score and bold predictions and wrap this sucker up. Ravens did it, guys. They won the divisional playoff game. They are they got that playoff win. Lamar Jackson's getting to go to the AFC Championship game and actually get to host it. 
So, you know, on the one hand, happy for him. On the other hand, I hope he loses everything he wants this coming weekend. What do you guys think of the Ravens as a team? For me, this is the best possible version of the Ravens that they've had thus far. When you take into account how the defense has played and all the ways they can beat you there, and you take into account the weapons they have on offense, especially the talk that Mark Andrews might be healthy for this coming week or activated off IR. Zay Flowers has shown that he can be a real dude in the receiving game. Odell Beckham Jr. has... He's a fine, reliable veteran. I don't he's never going to be the guy again, but he's he's dangerous when you lose track of him. That has been made clear. And for some reason, Lamar Jackson continues to make Nelson Aguilar relevant, like he did this past week. What are your guys' thoughts on the Ravens and what problems they present for the Chiefs? Um, Jacob, we'll start with you. I don't have the Ravens figured out. You would like to be like, well, you've seen the Ravens before. It's been a little while since they've seen them, and this version of the Ravens is a little bit different. Uh, I think the biggest difference is Zay Flowers. Uh, we've played the Ravens, and they've had good defenses. You know, They're one of those franchises that somehow always seems to have a good defense. Um, but, you know, cruising through their schedule, it's kind of weird because it's like they handled teams this year. On the flip side, like the teams they seem to have trouble with are the quarterbacks that are the teams with quarterbacks that I respect the most. And like, is that the difference for your squad? Because the AFC North was nothing to write home about. I mean, it's, you know, it's like the AFC West most years now with, you know, the AFC West seemingly being great at shooting themselves in the foot as far as personnel decisions. But, like I said, the games that they were either tight in or lost, it's like it was the you know the the big boy QBs that feel like were trouble for them. You know, like I better double check this before I say it out loud. But the Rams, you know, I still very much respect Matt Stafford and his ability to be elite. You know, they beat them in overtime. Um, their second most impressive. QB they probably played with CJ Stroud and CJ Stroud was still a rookie and you know at times looked at but I, can't, I just can't get a read on the Ravens I'm like who are you and I'm hoping that I'm not going to end up stealing from Sam too much when we start to try to kind of say what our predictions are and you know what will Lamar be in the game so I'm going to stop there before I say what I know Sam wants to say but I've been a complete adopter of the Sam Blecka outlook on Lamar Jackson, so I'll just let him give his thoughts on this version's Lamar. Um, sorry to let you down, Jacob. I don't know either. <laughs> um, because when I look at their schedule, if you remove one specific game, I'm not super impressed. It's what they did to the 49ers. That I'm like, okay, um, yeah, we're going to take some notice. Because, like, you run through their schedule, and, yes, they, they went up against teams that were that are good. And I, I don't remember what they were at the time when they played them, some of them, but they, they've, they've beaten good teams. And then they just dismantled the Texans last week or this week. So it's – I've never – Lamar is a great quarterback. Lamar is a lot like um, 
Josh Allen for me, where he is the guy that can go Superman and run through everything. But at the same time, he can be the guy that misses every shot he takes. He hasn't been that this year. That That is not, and it was it, uh, oh, who's their new offensive coordinator? Is it Munchen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is their new offensive coordinator. And his offensive scheme seems to fit Lamar really well. I feel like this is, when you compare us, the Chiefs, to the Ravens, very similar teams in all regards. Young, seemingly stud wide receiver, elite tight end, maybe a little banged up, um, ours older, there's just coming off injury, a bunch of guys outside of that wide receiver-wise. We've got the advantage at, I think, at running back, obviously, because theirs have all gotten hurt somehow. <laughs> they always get hurt somehow. and then But then two very different quarterbacks. And then you go defense, great linebacking core, amazing secondary, and the only team that beat us in sacks this year. So it's like very similar teams coming head to head. So it'll be a very interesting matchup. Um, I think I'm, I mean, I'm always afraid of what Lamar can bring, but at the same time, I'm always excited of what he brings to the table. So it's, I don't know. I'm, I think, as you said last week, Sean, where your fandom came in, this week my fandom is coming in because I'm like, this is going to be a fun game, I feel like. Like, if the Chiefs can continue to roll in the offense that we rolled in, on paper, these teams are so similar. I went and looked at the Ravens offensive coordinator name because I thought Munchen sounded right, and then it didn't in my head. Uh, Todd Munkin is the guy uh, who's their new OC this year. It's yeah, close. I'm not yeah, – you were – I actually thought it sounded right. I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. I nodded for those who can't because obviously people can't see, but I nodded. I was like, yeah, that sounds right. I don't know about the Ravens, man. They're they're a tough cookie. I, to me, they're the team that I did not want to see the most. They're the number one scoring defense in the NFL, number sixth in yards offense. They're also sixth in yards and fourth in scoring. Now, to your point, both of your guys' points, they dog-walked the 49ers. And then the only other team that I look at and go, yeah, that's a that's a massive win is the Lions. I think it's a good win against the Rams because obviously that team's got some weapons when they're all healthy with Stafford, Cup, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams. Like, that's a good win. I think that's a really good win. But those other two are, are massive wins. I don't know if I look at the rest of the schedule. Like, they caught the Dolphins at the right time and absolutely just beat the tar out of them. It was when the Dolphins were really starting to deal with injuries and who was healthy and who wasn't. And like you said, Jacob, the AFC North has not been good. It really wasn't until Joe Flacco got to the Browns that people thought that they had a legitimate chance in the playoffs to even get to the playoffs. So I don't know. I I think they are a tremendous team, and I do not want to play them. I am hopeful that having not faced a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes will be the X factor for the Chiefs against the Ravens because they haven't. Can I share the Sam Blecka former theory that he used to share that I have adopted at this point, which is Lamar tries to be Mahomes when the Chiefs and the Ravens have played each other in the past, and that's what does him in. That happened in the Texans game too. It was a game until right about halftime 
because they were like, hey, C.J. Stroud, this young buck, is going to come out there and you know be shooting it out with us. And so Lamar, go go show him what you got, buddy. And then at halftime, the coaching disparity between the Texans and the Ravens. As much as I like D'Amico Ryan's, I think he's good, but he's not the offensive mind. And again, he's still young in the league. It's like Harbaugh's like, we're just going to run the ball with Lamar and dominate this game now. We're done playing. Honestly, it'd been it'd been a minute since we played the Ravens, so I kind of forgot that's what it's like. That oh yeah, happens typically. But you are right that that is has been the story of of Lamar versus Mahomes is he he tries to match him tit for tat, and you can't win that way. Um, I'm not I'm not as confident in that theory this this year because of the new offense, but. If that's what it comes down to, I'd be very happy. Well, Sam, you were making – you made the Kool-Aid, and I had been drinking it. You just forgot that you even made that Kool-Aid. I just forgot. <laughs> I'm, I came up to you and asked, hey, what's in this Kool-Aid? And you're like, what are you talking about? I'm, I haven't made Kool-Aid in like two years. Yeah. Jacob, that Kool-Aid's been sitting in the fridge for a while. I'm like, empty that punch bowl, man. This has been here for a minute. <laughs> That is one thing I, I am interested to see how the mental side affects Lamar and the Ravens because that was one thing that did stand out to uh, me and I was watching that game with uh, Dustin and Dustin said, "Boy, Lamar just looks desperate to win this playoff game, doesn't he? He is like lighting up every receiver every time on the field that they don't do what he wants them to do." And it was right; like Lamar was very animated. Like anytime something didn't go right, he was like on his receiver immediately. And so I am curious how much of that is actually true. I want to know, like, is is this something that you have to imagine it lingers in their mind to a certain point. It's like, well, Lamar can't win a playoff game. I'm getting this damn playoff game. And he did. Lamar can't beat Mahomes. He's like, I'll show you. You know, kind of similar to Josh Allen. Like, that's the thing Josh Allen's going to be compared against is Mahomes. Fair or unfair. And I wonder how much of that will actually affect him to leaning on old tendencies. Let's wrap things up here and get our final scores and bold predictions. Um, guys, we had a damn good week. Jacob, Travis Kelsey, two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey got two tutties. Sam had Diggs getting six catches for 42 yards against the Chiefs. Diggs had three catches for 21 yards. So technically, you weren't even as you were you were half right. Yeah. Almost literally. Actually, exactly, literally. Uh, and I, I was the one that was the most strong. I, I took Josh Allen to getting 225 yards of total offense, both rushing and passing. He ended up with more than that, obviously, with the 186 yards passing and 72 yards rushing. Got by me there a little bit, but still not too bad. So overall, as far as predictions go, this was a pretty damn good week for us. So bravo all. I think Jacob nailed the score, didn't he? 20, you were, he was close, 25 to 19. Um, Sam, you were actually, I think, the closest at 27 to 21. And then I had 27 17. I shorted them a touchdown on the Bills side of things. So, all that being said, we get to celebrate in a brief moment for us and how badly we are at this. But looking ahead to the Ravens, what have we got? Jacob, you take the lead. What's your final score? What's your bold prediction for Chiefs versus Ravens? I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to keep that same mentality of I think they still play loose because I don't think they 
feel the pressure anymore of being the Chiefs. If the Chiefs win this game, it looks a lot like how I mentioned of Chiefs come out. Sorry, not even Chiefs. Chiefs are going to be the Chiefs. Ravens come out trying to pretend like Lamar Jackson is going throw for throw with Mahomes. They get behind and then in the second half are scrambling to catch up to them and still having to rely on Lamar Jackson to throw the football. They get close and it doesn't happen. And it is something like, you know, I'll go with the Chiefs are still not a mistake-free team. So I can't, I have a tough time saying 30 as much as I want to. I'll say 28 24 Chiefs. And again, it's that close because the Ravens are just battling with them back and forth first half. They fall behind and then think that they have to throw the ball a bunch. And the Chiefs have Trent McDuffie following Zay Flowers and that twitchiness all day. Well, I guess I was supposed to have a prediction. Um, let's let's make it on Zay Flowers and make some bulletin board material as if our material gets on bulletin boards besides McCall Hardman's. Let's just say Zay Flowers is under 50 total yards, whether that's his handoffs or receiving. All right. Sam, what about you? What's your final score for Ravens and Chiefs in your bold prediction? I really hope it plays out the way Jacob just said, and I can easily see it happening. But I, I do think this is going to be a very close game. I, like I said, I think we are built so similar, similarly that it's just going to – like the defenses, again, the Ravens have, have beaten us in most statistical categories this year, but I would not say they're a better defense than we are. So I, I think it's going to be a fun, real fun game to watch. Um, I'll say 28-24 Chiefs. Obligatory. Jacob already took Flowers, so my obligatory is – the return of Mark Andrews is held to – it's a tough one because, again, he's not a wide receiver, and we don't – I've never made the guess on wide receivers. But a, a coming off injury, Mark Andrews, four catches for 42 yards, non-obligatory one. I think Rasheed Rice has a day. Um, he's had several days. But, say, 100 yards, two touchdowns for Rasheed. Sean, you only have one choice for your score prediction at this point to make it. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was ready to I'm pick true. something else, and now I'm like, damn it, I got to go with the same one, don't I? Honestly, this would have been the game. I would have picked the Chiefs to lose if the offense had not shown what they showed against the Bills. I was I was ready to, like, emotionally pick. Like, if they do beat the Bills, this is, this is as far as they get. But after having seen the offense, I will also go with the Chiefs W. And what the hell, we'll go 28-24 across the board, because why not? I guess I wasn't paying any attention that that's what Jacob guessed. I, was just <laughs> I did wonder how you phrased it. You were like, I think it's going to be a really close game. Hope this is how it plays out, how Jacob said. But also, I, I think it'll be really close. 28 I'm like, hold on. It's per usual that I just zone him out most of the time. <laughs> I at least so Sam, to, to what he Sam said, not his... the score prediction. Sam made his Kool-Aid two years ago that I was drinking. I made my Kool-Aid two minutes ago that Sam was drinking. Sam was drinking the Kool-Aid, and I asked him, hey, what do you think of the Kool-Aid? Just made yeah. it. He's like, what are you talking about? This is my Kool-Aid. Yeah, That's exactly Kool-Aid. it. He's so used to being the only one who makes Kool-Aid. He was like, oh, I guess I made Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. 
for bold prediction, let's. I'm going to stick with our our theme of all of us going that Isaiah Pacheco is is the most important piece of this offense. I'm going to say that Pacheco ends up with uh, 120 yards total offense, both rushing and receiving. And I think that he gets into the end zone twice. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for us tonight. We appreciate you joining us each and every week. Hopefully, we will get to yet again talk about a Chiefs win, another AFC Championship title, a Lamar Hunt trophy coming home, and hopefully, fingers crossed, another trip to the Super Bowl. Should be a fun time against the Baltimore Ravens. Until next time, you all stay safe out there, and we will talk to you next week.